So today we're going to talk about the we are made to be healed. Amen. You were made to be healed. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 139.14, if you'll turn there. Psalm 139 and verse 14. It says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and and that my soul knoweth right well. There's something in your soul that knows that there's more to you than you think. There's more to you. You know, this this concept kind of pops up in, in my thinking often now, that there are things that are imprinted in our souls you know, when your spirit comes alive in the new birth, you're more aware of it, of course. But there are some things that are imprinted in us that happened during creation or that happened to the first Adam before the fall. When the fall came, the, the detachment from God's spirit happened. So the light went out. So we kind of grope around in darkness. what is really in us or we'll begin to question things that lead us to answers amen and so our creation is something that that when god breathed into man he became a living soul there's some things that that god inspired in man that are still there in a measure there's some still some some traces of that there you know where we can pick up on that here and there and I think this idea about uh, our bodies being fearfully and wonderfully made, uh, there's things that, that are there that have yet to be explored. And we've got good evidence of that where we have scientists that have, uh, you know, back in the, the days of, uh, in the Greek days when Greek culture was very, very prominent, uh, there were physicians and astronomers uh what do you call those people of uh, they were really uh the old physicians were more like sorcerers but they still had they had access to natural understanding and they began to dissect the human body and began to find out uh what certain things in the body what they how they worked and and what you can do and so forth and so on they came up with a lot of wrong answers but they were able to pass down a lot of information that they had gotten in in inspecting different things and then they started getting curious about the things they couldn't see but they kind of had evidence that they were there and they began to develop microscopes and and you know slides and things like that where you can examine human tissue you can examine uh organisms and stuff like that and they found out that there were some 
microscopic things that were alive in the body. You know, some of them cause disease, all of that stuff. So there's always that something in man. We're not just totally in the dark. We've been left some clues. And when you couple that with the Bible, then you can begin to put together some understanding of how we are created, what we can do, what what's available to us. And this scripture that says we are fearfully and wonderfully made just lends me to think there's more to find out. We don't know it all. We never know it all. On a natural level, like the scientists do, they uh, they take what they have and they begin to examine it. And if they feel they get curious about there's more there, they begin to try and develop ways to find out what that more is and what it's like and what it's doing and what it can do. Until finally they figured out some things about the human body and, and they found that it it has the ability to heal itself you know it really does and and in the natural that's true there's a natural ability uh, for the body to heal itself but then what happens when the natural runs out see the fact that we know there's ability of the body to heal itself and we could see it in the natural for instance you you look at how antibiotics work they can see that there's a a a system in the body already in place that takes care of infection in fact takes care of any attack on the body you know your body begins to mobilize what you know the white blood cells and they come and wall off that area they put a protective wall around any area of infection so that it doesn't spread to the rest of the body until that infection is taken care of and then that wall breaks down again and you have normal tissue, and have normal functioning. And and that's an intelligence in the human body that we don't even have to think about. It just comes into play, you know, whenever anything attacks the body. If your body is overwhelmed, say, for instance, now that's great as long as it's a certain percentage of your body is being attacked, but so say it goes beyond 50%, then you got to call for outside help. You need any what they call antibiotics, something go through your bloodstream to kill that infection while your white blood cells are working. They're overwhelmed now, so they got to have some help. And so people, scientists have used that knowledge to develop things to help your normal functioning of protecting your body and healing your body. So they've been able to jump off of a basic building block of knowledge about the human body and expand that to include so many different things. When it comes to cancer, they don't understand why cancer cells keep replicating so fast that they overwhelm the normal cells. So a cancer cell is a deviant cell that's rebellious against normal physiology and biology, and it's taken upon, it's a renegade cell. And it's taken upon itself to keep multiplying quicker 
than anything else in the body is. That's how it overwhelms it. So the only thing the, the, the chemo does is it attacks it either to slow it down, to contain it, to kill it, something like that. But they know if it gets in your, your entire body, it'll start to spread. Then they got what they call metastasis. And that's, uh, at some point, they're human, the human and natural resources are overwhelmed. So what do you do? Chemo doesn't work. Radiation does. What do you do? There's something in us that says, there's gotta be, there's gotta be an answer. There's got to be help for me. And that's where the supernatural comes in. So the natural can really lead us into the supernatural. It's like, God, you've taken care of everything that's happened to my body. You, you, you know, I've been able to go to the doctor and get this. I've been able to get antibiotics to get that. I've been able to get it. Now I'm at the point where nothing helps me. What do I do? You get this sense that, God, you've been helping me so far. And you're going to tell me all of a sudden there's no help for me? I refuse to believe that. Amen? And that's where we start petitioning God for the supernatural. Amen? Does that make sense to you, Nurse Vicky, over there? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Amen. So, so this is, this is where we get, and this is why many times when people are gotten, gotten a negative diagnosis or prognosis from the doctor, they begin to pray. They begin to ask God. They begin to question, even if they don't know to pray. They be, they begin to think there's got to be something else. The human soul is not willing to give up on its life. It really isn't. You you'll see small children that will will resist what what they are saying. You know, they'll ask their parents, "Am I going to die?" No, honey. No, 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 no. We've got a chance. You know, and that that kid will cling to that chance. Even if there's no chance, many times they'll put up with some treatments that are just, just you know, unpleasant, you know, uh, just for that chance at life. So there's something in all human beings, amen, unless the devil works real hard to kill it, you know, he, he'll give you death sentences. He'll talk to you about death. He'll do all that, make you despondent, make you discouraged. But it's amazing to me how just one word of hope from God can change that and reverse it and turn it all around. Because this is what we get when we tap in, we go, we hope against hope. Everything is saying this is not possible. But there's something in me that says, I'm going to give this another shot. I'm going to give this another chance. I'm going to give this another something. Amen. And so there have been people that have used all of their financial resources and found some some off the wall scientist somewhere who's willing to take a chance and give them a, a some kind of weird treatment they just developed there was a, a multimillionaire guy did that a few years back they they emptied his body of all of its blood and and replenished it with another blood that that was treated or something like that and he never had any kind of cancer again not everybody can do that you know, it, in fact, when he did it, I think he had to either go out of the country or petition, you know, the government or something because, you know, the pharmaceutical people don't like that kind of stuff. You know, so there are laws forbidding it. We have right to try now. Not this when the last administration uh, granted right to try. 
which gave many people a chance to try some drugs that looked good. They were experimental, but these people would be dead by the time it got approved through the FDA. I'm talking about people who run our lives, folks. So you got to have God. That's all I'm saying. My point is you got to have God if you're going to get some 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 opportunities because there are many people who believe there are cures to everything lying in 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 uh you know limbo in paperwork waiting to be approved while life is is ebbing out of people. You got me? And so these things are are there's a lot against people getting healed. We know that the devil's against it. He likes he's the kill, steal, and destroy guy. So he's going to try his best to keep you on a waiting list that that your name, number never gets pulled. Amen. Uh, keep you in this. You know all the this research they've done to figure out how to do successful organ transplants, and now they got a backlog of people waiting for organs who will never get them. So you got to have God. I say that to say you got to have God. You can't afford it. it. Just you know, just so you know, there is no line and waiting list for a miracle. You don't have to wait in line for anything from God. There's no line. There's no waiting list. There's just you waiting to receive it from God, and you can receive it anytime you make up your mind to do it. Amen. So so we've said already, I'm just going to summarize what we just said. The human body is programmed to heal itself. We will be healed of minor diseases whether we do anything or not. You know, if you have a cut, it, it'll heal by just quit picking at the scab. That's what my mother used to tell me. Girl, leave that thing alone. You know, if you leave stuff alone, you know, God has designed a way for it to take care of itself. A cut, a burn, or a scrape, the body has healing power within itself. Now, there are some diseases that are rare. Thank God. You know, we've got bleeding diseases. We've got, you know, cellular disease, autoimmune disease, but they're rare. They're not the run of the mill. Assume that the human body and, you know, if you have any kind of injury to your body, it will be able to heal itself. Whenever, uh, whatever God does lasts forever. So that that's always true. He made us whole and wholeness is programmed into us. So us being fearfully and wonderfully made means that he made us whole in the beginning. We were healed in the beginning. There was no and this is the the amazing thing about it. When God created man, there was no devil to cause bodily injury. They didn't heal, injure themselves in the garden. They were clothing God's glory, and there would no be no legitimacy to any kind of physical injury because there was no iniquity. So they didn't need to be healed back then in the garden. They were permanently healed back then, and there was no need for healing. However, God had already programmed that into us foreseeing the day when we would need it i'm gonna say that again because god had already programmed into us that ability foreseeing the day when we would need it 
he knew that we were going to disobey him. And he made provision for our restoration. He made provision for our uh, for our salvation. He made provision for our health, for our prosperity. He made everything because the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. Jesus just raised his hand and said, Father, I'll do it. They're going to need this. They're going to need redemption. They're going to need it. We can look down the road and see what's going to happen to them. And they're going to need me to have paid the price for them already. And I'm doing it now. How do you do it? With his word. He gave his word. That's why his word is more powerful. You understand what I'm saying? He honors his word above his name. The Bible said the name was conferred upon him later. But he's always honored his word. (laughs) He's got to. That's why people can get miracles just by belief. That's how the centurion God is. He is a very wise man. He figures some stuff out. We should be as wise. You know, we don't figure nothing. We just panic when stuff go wrong. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know what I'm saying. To figure means to take time to meditate on the word. You know, just... Pull aside from everything else and give God some time. So God explained some stuff to me. I understand this. I see that it works, but I want to know how. I want to know how to implement it in my life. Amen. So when God made us whole, and wholeness is already programmed in. So healing is already programmed in. Healing came before sin punishment sickness the curse of the law healing came way before that we were created healed and whatever god does lasts forever it don't go listen it may be shrouded in darkness for a season but it don't go away it can you can breathe breath of life on that i double dog dare you to to pick up your your bible and start reading uh you know isaiah 53 and see if you don't see a, a, at least you feel better. That's important because that's a witness to you that there's more to come. I'm going to say it again. You know, sometimes when you read your Bible, you just you just feel, oh, boy, that's that was so good. You know, you might not feel like like the woman with the issue of blood. She knew she was healed. But you've gotten a fragment of it. You've gotten a witness of it. You got because you wouldn't be feeling better from the word if it didn't have power, at least on your soul, to take away the fear, the worry, the doubt. You know the the you know you you get to die another day. You know you just make up your mind. Well, I feel so good. I ain't dying today. I don't care what they said. I'm not gonna go today. This is not my day to do nothing. Amen. I was thinking about the you can you can have at least as much faith as uh, was Samuel L. Jackson. Remember they were they set him up or something like that. It was what was he a policeman or something? They set him up and and uh, he saw what was going. on. He said, "I'm not going to jail today," and he did not go to jail that day and no other day. Amen. And so he avoided it. It just made up his mind. It wasn't his day for all of that. And if you can put it off today, when tomorrow comes, you can put it off another day. 
and you can put it off another day and you can put it and pretty soon you start looking you know i'm feeling better already i think i'll get up and do some things i hadn't felt like doing for a while amen because by his stripes i am healed you got to keep at it folks you got to know that healing seed is in there and you got to learn how to feed the seed amen it's already in there amen so when you start meditating on the word you're just feeding the seed amen you're feeding the seed of healing and wholeness that's already in there amen the seed of prosperity is already on the inside of you you ain't you ain't doing something to get prosperous you can't get something god already gave you you got to learn how to get it working. That's all you got. And see, sometimes for some people, waiting on something is easier than working it. They think it's easier to work it than to keep yourself entertained while you're waiting on something. My goodness. I mean, how many Monopoly games can you play? I mean, that's a good exercise in faith, but at some point, you got to go out and buy some real estate for real. You can't just take them little plastic houses and sit them up on, line them up on your little thing and think you're collecting fake rent and all that kind of stuff. You got to turn that into something real at some point. Amen. And the word will turn it into something real. Meditating on the word will turn it into something real. It will definitely do that. Amen. And and being determined, getting a plan from God and being determined, that's the other thing people don't want to do. They don't want to plan. They just want to skip around and do a little bit of this and some of that and pretend like it's going to work. Well, it won't work all the time. You have a plan from God for everything. You have a plan for your healing. You have a plan for your, you know, the plan's already in the Bible. You just got to pick it up and, and start working it. You know, Proverbs 4.20, attend to his word. Pay attention to the word. Amen. Just, you know, quit going to sleep on it. Quit, you know, lollygagging with it and quit putting it off. And, you know, looking at that Bible and, and get it open and then go do something else. and Come back later and it's still open looking at you. Read me. Huh? <laughs> You just have to sometimes you got to force yourself, force feed yourself. Amen. Any any mother that's that's had toddlers, that green stuff, you got to push that in. They spit that stuff so far in your face and like, whoa. Uh, Because they've been revving up for you. You just you just figured out you're going to feed them and they've been watching you walk around there. They say, "Uh look, green. They be red revving up that loogie. Huh? They hit you right in the eyeball with that one. They ain't eating it. Huh? You eat that green stuff yourself, but they ain't eating it. Amen. So you gotta force feed yourself the word sometimes. Gotta force yourself to stay awake to it. Gotta force yourself to pray in tongues while you're listening to it to expand your spirit some to accommodate more. You might have to do that for a while. Amen. So we said whatever God does lasts forever. He made us whole from the beginning. When he created us, he called us very good. Amen. 
So that very is a covenant word. There, I have a covenant with you that you're good. Which means that you will never be bad. You will never be weak. You will never be sick. You will never be broke. By covenant. So that means I made you good. I'm going to keep you good. You, 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 When trouble comes up, you come back to me and I'll make you good again. Amen. I'll take disease away, sickness from the midst of you, give you power over of a, over all the works of darkness. So so when the body is assaulted, we said healing cells are mobilized and move forward to the affected part. In spiritual things, when we are sick or attacked with symptoms, God begins to move us toward our healing. I'm going to say it again. Just like if your body cells are smart enough without you talking to them on their own to mobilize themselves to run to the affected part and heal it and protect it from spreading everywhere else, then God sends that same word of healing to you when there's nothing for you in the natural. When you need supernatural healing, God will send the word of healing to you. Anybody that's paid attention knows that when when you are at your wit's end and you start to cry out to God or you start to seek within yourself for an answer, for hope, for something, you start to, to grab for hope and then somehow miraculously something opens up to you. You'll get a thought, you'll get an idea, somebody will talk to you, you'll say, well, I was just channel surfing, been there before? And and that preacher started to talk about whatever, whatever, whatever. Amen. That happened to me. I was housebound and and depressed and mentally, you know, just not not too spiffy, you know. And I would would start to reach out for the little things that I knew about God. And I I landed on the seven hundred club. And I found that if I would use that as my foundation for what I needed and adopt that as a, a consistent, see, you got to be consistent with things that help you. You know, this is where people make their big mistake. They'll run somewhere and, and get feeling better, get healed, get prayed for, and never show up back again. You know, where they go, I don't know. But But people just don't understand enough to know you know, maybe if I'm feeling better here, I should stay with this, you know. And and I saw a lot of people on television talking stuff that, that wasn't going to make me well. So you always go back to where you, you know, like Brother Hagan said, if you're not getting blessed, if you moved and you're not getting blessed where you are, go back to the last place you got blessed. You know, your pets know that much. You know, your 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 dog might wander off. He might be missing for a couple of days, but two days he show up again. He said, well, I didn't get no food out there. I didn't get no bed out there. I got nothing out there. So I came on back home. You, you understand what I'm saying? They find their way back. And so it's, it's just a, a common sense principle, I think. Where you get fed, where you get helped, that's where you stay. Amen. You know, people, they don't want to, well, you know, a pastor by her, she talk rough to people. I'm talking rough to your devils. If you could separate you, if you could separate you from them devils, you wouldn't feel it so much. 
You know, but people, you straighten them out, they go back and start grabbing self-pity again. You know, and you get sick of prying them loose from feeling sorry for themselves. You know, all that kind of stuff. You're not going to get anywhere like that. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to toughen up. You're going to have to tell the devil, hey, listen, you got me on the chin last time, but I'm stepping on your neck now. You understand me? You only give him an inch. So you, you can't be out there looking for sympathy and pity and somebody to hold your hand. I'm not the one. I'm going to tell you up front. If y'all think I'm a hand holder, you got the wrong one. Amen. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you out of that mess you in. No way. And I'm not getting down there with you either because I don't like a mud bath. I don't even like them on my skin. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you, you gotta be, I, you know, I, you know, them little mud baths, they feel so soothing. You know what? I'm a, I'm an exfoliator guy, girl. Give me that rough stuff. You get this, this, you know, years of junk and sin and all that. Get, just, 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 just let me embrace myself. Toughen me up so I can, you know, get out there and, and die another day. I ain't dying today. This ain't dying today, period. You know, God's done too much. He's given us too much. Jesus died a bloody death so we don't have to mope or feel sorry for ourselves and whine all the time. Get up off of that whining bit and go do something. Amen. And while you're getting up, step on that devil that you've been petting all this time. Amen. You're not going to live any other way. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were tough as God was. They didn't put up with the devil's nonsense. Amen? Until they, and little by little, Eve got worn down. Amen? That's all there is to it. And just like we do. Can't talk bad about her because you, you, you wasn't her. You don't know what she was up against. Amen? So, so we, we know what we know. Amen. And we know that we were, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. That means there's all kinds of, there's wonders inside of us. Stuff that you just look at and say, now how did God do that? How did that happen? You know, you'll see people that, that couldn't walk, get up out of wheelchairs and you think, God, I mean, come on now, you did that. So fast, and these people been in rehab for years, and and just move rehab will move you maybe an inch in a month or something. You got me. And then rehab after a while, they get to the point where they say, "Well, we've done all we can." You know. Well, how's that? Your insurance ran out. Oh, okay. So you really haven't done all you could. We, well, I'm back to the bleeding woman now. She found herself in a good spot, though. She figured out Jesus didn't care who you were. You know, that's sometimes that's the biggest revelation you can ever get. Jesus doesn't care who you are. If you come with the faith goods, you're going to get what you came for. Because it will flow out of him. In other words, he couldn't stop her from getting healed if if he wanted to. She had already tapped into. She was smarter than most of them people that stayed in the synagogue all day long. Huh? She saw all kinds of people go up to him and get healed. Sinners. 
you know, it's, it, she probably look at them women he cast several de- seven devils out of. Then the woman with the issue of what? When she started preaching, she said, now wait a minute. Hold it. Hold the train. I know I can get something. He got that. And she out preaching for him. Oh, no, it's on now. And she figured out a way with the Holy Ghost that she could get her healing. But it depended on whether or not he knew who she was. She figured if he knew who she was, he'd stop her. Because that's the law. And she found out that power doesn't care who you are. She was healed before he even knew. And he didn't, he never knew who she was until she spoke up. Because he was. That should give us hope. It ain't about what we did yesterday. It ain't about how much scripture we know. It ain't about nothing, but are we touching him in faith and expecting to get our healing? That's all it's about. You are dead to him. And anything you can do to stop it don't matter to him. You come to him in faith, you got it already. That's how we can say we believe we receive it when we pray. Because we got it already. We prayed in faith, and that's all that's necessary. He don't know if his sister so-and-so with all the high-powered tongues she has, she prophesy every time we have a meeting. He don't care about that. If it's a good prophecy, he gave it to her. And that don't make her nobody. You understand what I'm saying? That don't make her nobody above you. So he kept turning around looking. He said, who was it? Who was it? He looked dead at her and still didn't know it was her. She had to identify herself. That shows you how much he cares who touches him. As long as, if it's faith, honey, it just oozes out of him. He can't stop it because he's already given his word as yours. You got to be at least as smart as her. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's in the Bible. We gotta, we've got to accept that and incorporate that into our thinking, our believing. God, you don't care who I am. You don't care what I did yesterday and who I didn't like two days ago. Now, I didn't repent and I, you know, I'm good now. But, you know, all of them dislikes and all them can't stands, they begin to add up in your brain. Then you'll start to wonder, you know, if you really qualify. And if it takes any length of time, you start moving yourself down on the list. But she was up on the list. She stayed up on the list. She said, uh, I don't have to tell nobody, you know. And here he is walking with guess who? The big bad wolf. Jairus from the, she said, oh man, not that dude. Come on, give me a break. You understand what I'm saying? Everything stacked against this woman. Twelve years, no money. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and then she's unclean. Her confession has been working against her. 
How are you going to get faith after 12 years of calling yourself unclean? You're going to get faith for a miracle all of a sudden that just goes away? Do you understand what I'm saying? Then the ruler of the synagogue could stop her. You don't know how many days she started out to to get her healing. And something stopped her. Just like it does us. It'll stop your well, maybe maybe today, maybe it maybe it's not for me right now, you know, or I gotta wait or you know how we do ourselves mentally. But she overrode all of that and made a determination she's gonna get she kept saying no why she kept saying it to herself. She changed her confession. Instead of calling herself unclean all the time, she kept saying she changed it. Kept saying within herself, if I can just touch him, I could be if I can just touch him. I don't need him to touch me if I can just touch him because something's coming out of him. And all I got to do is jump into the river. All I got to do is tap into the flow. That's all we all have to do is tap into the flow. It doesn't matter if you you, you think you qualify or don't qualify. Like the let the guy ask Jesus, he said, uh, you know, do you believe I'm able? Yeah, but I don't know if you will. You're You're able, but maybe you're not willing. She never thought like that. If she did, she erased that out of her. She said, I got to get this willing issue settled. How does she settle that issue? She kept saying within herself. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She convinced herself that if she could touch him, she could get to the power source. So all you got to do is get to the power source. Amen. And if you, if you can touch him. And so he, when he saw her, she knew she was exposed, but she didn't know he knew her. It says she told him all the truth. She came to him and told him because she felt exposed. You got me? Now, suppose he had 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 spotted her, you know, by word of knowledge or you know discerning of spirits he you know if the holy ghost had let him know that's her he would have known it why do you think he kept that from jesus all that time kept him from knowing who she was what would be the reason for that see there's got to be a better reason for him not knowing than knowing because he's asking who touched me nobody's telling him Nobody saw her. The Holy Ghost ain't telling him either. Why? Why? Why keep Jesus in the dark about it? Huh? What do you think? If I came up to you and said, Nola, did you take my money? What would you do? Say, no. You get defensive. And what does defensiveness do? It puts you over in darkness. So she'd have lost her healing. You got me? Because when you, when you identify somebody, it comes across to them as an accusation. So the reason she sneaked up on him so she wouldn't be identified until she got what she needed. After that, she identified herself as a cleansing. See, you can go up to people. I don't know. I'm not a policeman, but I watch enough of them shows. I feel like I know a little bit about how they operate. 
But you know, you can you can work some people over and get a confession out of them and they ain't even guilty. You understand what I'm saying? Or you can go in there and tell them they're guilty and they deny it till you strap them in the chair. You got me? So people don't have to, quote unquote, come clean. She needed to voluntarily say it was her for this reason so that she could cleanse herself of all of her shadows, all of her hiding, her guilt of breaking the law. You're not going to keep a healing if you got all that darkness piled up on top of your soul. She had a lot working against her or he would not have stopped her. Are you kidding me? This man's daughter is dying and he going to stop and talk to her just to chat? That's not the, that's not it. It was essential that he let her identify herself. Number one, if he fingered her, she could have said, no, nah, that wasn't me, and went on about her business and lost her healing. He had to let her. What did he tell her? Being, be of good cheer. That's the first thing. Be of good cheer. In other words, quit worrying. Quit being scared of the priest. Quit being, quit calling yourself unclean. Quit condemning yourself because you're not condemned anymore. She had all of that still working on her even after she got, that's how people lose their healing. See, we wonder how you can go to a Benny Hinn and get all your symptoms leaving and you go home and you get around them crazy people in your dead church again. Because your soul is already a little messed up because you're sneaking around going to other crazy meetings. You finally hit on one where God helps you. Amen. And before you can get out of your soul has not changed any. You have been the recipient of an anointing that has allowed a gift to come into your heart and, and, and affect your body and affect the healing and a cure for you. In other words, you done got your healing on credit. And your credit is mighty, you know, slim. Amen. It's either slim to none or slim what? Just left town, right? So your slim that you've been working on is already gone. You got me? I mean, people, now listen, saints run around like this all the time. They find out every saint in church will know who sister so-and-so is who can get a prayer through in a hurry. That's the first person you identify when you get in a church somewhere. Everybody knows them people. They know them because they usually sit on the front row. They don't gossip. They don't pick at nobody. They ain't in nobody's trouble. See, God told us to teach y'all how to pray for yourselves and then go heal the sick. We don't play that around here. So we don't have no babies, no cripples, no nobody on the bottle around here. So, so you know what I'm saying. You, you gotta get that way. But, but she needed to have all of that hangover from her sickness removed from her. And that's what he had to get, get from her so that she could keep her healing. You won't keep a healing if your soul's still damaged. That's why Jesus told that, that kid that was born blind and he, he, he healed him. You see what happened to him. The minute he went back in the synagogue, the vultures descended. Who did that? How do you know who that was? Now, they weren't they trying to really find out. 
They were stealing his healing from him. You have to explain yourself one too many times and see how you feel after you didn't have one of them conversations. You get involved with them high-powered religious devils. You know what I mean, the ones that don't move and don't, they have that blank stare, they just stare straight ahead, or don't blink their eyes. We all know what I'm talking about. And there was a lot of them big guns around the synagogue because that's all they had was religion. Jesus came to introduce to them a new covenant and they weren't having it. So they just wait for people and they were waiting to throw people out of the synagogue anyway. If they found out you were listening to Jesus, they put you out. So he's got to defend himself. In order to defend himself, he's probably got to renounce his healing. You got me? That's how people lose their healings. People tell them, oh, well, how did that happen? Well, that ain't right. That ain't in the Bible. That wasn't God. That's all they got to tell somebody who's a little light upstairs. You know what I'm saying? You know, your soul is a little not too too precious there. So you know what I'm saying. So Jesus had to confirm her healing to her or she wouldn't have kept it. Amen. Because Jairus can be very, very grateful to Jesus today because his daughter got raised from the dead. But that woman show up in the synagogue and he going to put the screws to her. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you know, she she's looking at them two walking together. She got to make a decision. So she decided to dive, do a dive. You know, she just dove for it. And got it. She's like, it's now or never. She said, now these Pharisees have chased me home every day that I've been trying to get out here. And I'm not going home. I am not going to go home today. I'm not going home without my healing today. So you got to make up your mind about that. You got to make up your mind it's now or never. See? When you get like that, you'll get it. Your faith will kick in the high gear like you never saw before. It'll shock you what comes out of your mouth what you might do, and how you might do it. But Jesus, you know, if, if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's a choice that she's got to make here. Because here we see the, the Jairus represents the Levitical priesthood. Jesus represents Melchizedek. Which one's got more power? Of course he does. Melchizedek was before anything. So she choose, she makes the right choice. She chooses the one with the most power. Because Jairus is looking to Melchizedek's son for some help. So you can tell he's out of power. He's out of steam. Jesus came to fulfill the law and do away with the ordinances that were contrary to us. So Melchizedek is, I mean, uh, Jairus is going out of business and Jesus is just opening shop. So she said, hey, I like this new guy. I like the way he do stuff. Because I got a feeling that if I could just touch him, I got, he don't care who I am. He don't care to know me. He don't care to see me. So he fixed it so that she wouldn't be afraid of them anymore. 
See, God will fix it so you're not afraid of the do's and the don'ts. And if you, you're doing everything right. No, you're not. But he's still going to help you. Amen. Do everything right. You won't need him. He came to seek and save that which was lost. The whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Amen. I'll confess to all of the above. You got me? Because we need him. We're dependent on him. Everything we need comes from him. So, so you know, I kind of went off on the, the that wasn't my example I was going to do. But, but yeah, you know, we got to think about these things. You know, when you think about it, if you if you take a scripture and you meditate it out, man, you come up with some answers. You know, you just just don't, you know, with me being a teacher, I'm compelled to seek out things. You know, that's my job to do it. Of course, there's some people with the same job. Don't bother. I ain't going to talk about it. No, no shade on nobody. You know, but some people are glad to pick up somebody else's message and preach it forever. And never really think about, well, maybe God gave me this as a as a starting point and I can jump off and, and give people something fresh and new from him, you know. I don't know. I won't even go there. I don't even go down them dark streets. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a point of no return. So I'll go down there, turn around, come back where the light is. But But anyway, yeah, the woman with the issue of blood proved to us. That the river of healing is always flowing. There's no healing season. There's no line for a miracle. Amen. There's no wait. No nothing. Just go up and receive it or take it as she did. Amen. So the take aspect of faith is, is demonstrated through what she did. Amen. She just went up and took her healing and nobody can say she did anything different. She didn't ask anybody, doesn't say she was polite. She was probably down on the ground. She might have had to fight some people and tell some people off in Hebrew. You know how that goes. You know, <laughs> so, she can, so she can stay there long enough to get her healing. She's probably a little rough sister. You know, she probably had to tell some people off that there was people probably caught her going out and, and not saying unclean they look at her she roll her eyes at them make them stop you know what i mean she got these are survival tactics folks you can't get what you need and get out the house you go yourself so this is this is it but after all of what she had been through she still wanted to be healed see that's that fearfully and wonderfully made understanding we have that there's something more to this. We can be healed. We can get it. Amen. If we'll keep pressing in and get to God. But your healing will come close to you and come near you. It says she heard about Jesus. So there was something sent to her by God that told her this is the way it's going to happen to you. This is your this is your answer right here. You don't have to, to know anybody. Naaman was healed by a palace gossip. You understand what I'm saying? You know, this. And, and I thank God for people who will inject God in, in uh, low-level conversation. I put it that way. Had a boldness to just 
because you know what she was probably doing you know the the um uh servants lived apart from from the master you know they had their little servants quarters and their little thing where they got together you know everybody's seen that upstairs downstairs the little english stuff they do you know uh, I don't watch too much of it, but you know what that stuff is about. It's about a separate world the servants lived in as apart from the the owners, you know, the aristocrats, the bosses. And they have their own conversation. They have their own things they're interested in. And so Naaman is probably the topic of conversation because they all work for him. And they say, well, Naaman, you know, he ain't looking too good. Ooh, that leprosy is spreading. It just looked bad today. And they'll say, you know, and this and that. And that probably goes on every single day. That's what they report about him because that's all there is to report about him. Well, you know, he they pay good here. Yeah, but I don't like this. I don't like this leprosy because, you know, you could get it. You know, all this is just dangerous. And this little girl pipes up, would to God that the prophet from Samaria was here. So she puts the kibosh on all the gossip with the word of God. She said if he was here, he'd cure Naaman of his leprosy. So somehow she injects something new into the conversation. That's what we're here for, folks. Believers are here to inject something new into every gossip conversation, every wayward conversation, every shade conversation, Every conversation is tearing people down. We're here to inject God's life into the conversation. And, of course, them being gossipers, it spread like wildfire. It spread and got back to Naaman, you know, the the Syrian. And he got on the right gossip line now because there was faith on what she said. So they could not repeat it. You know what trouble you would get in if you lied to your master and told him there was hope for him and there wasn't? Huh? They'd been thrown out, beheaded, whatever they did to liars. You got me? They let it get back to him. And so he picks up on it and he realizes, huh, well, I know some people. You know, if this man's a prophet, You know, maybe I'll talk to the king and see what the king can do. Because he was on that level. People talk to people on their level. If you think that God can't get a word to important people about who he is and about their their need to turn to him and get saved, you've got another thought coming. God will put anybody in their midst to give them the good news. Just continue to pray for them. Continue to believe God that these people could have an opportunity to turn their lives around. We're seeing it. You know, people are running out of Hollywood, whether you know it or not. I keep the God did give me a word about. Did I share that with you, Pastor Shirley? The word about Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and he told me he was he was shutting that down. He said that wickedness has come up into his nostrils. He's but in the meantime, he's rescuing people out of there. You see these, Kat Von D gets baptized. Hulk Hogan got baptized. There's a lot of them getting baptized, folks. They're giving their testimonies. Jim Carrey's got some, it's a goofy kind of sounding testimony, but it's sincere. You can, if you're smart, you can pick enough through it, you know, 
And let Christians who criticize everything, let them talk. Because you're going to have the people who say, well, she ain't really saved and he ain't really saved. Well, God knows who's his. You ain't saving nobody. Especially with that mouth of yours, you're killing everything that's trying to live. You got me? And so, so he's, he's doing the number of people that are leaving there. You see the family people taking my kids away from here. I'm going to, to whoever, 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 you know, whatever place they go to, that's a better place to raise a family. So God's sounding the alarm. The rescue is in operation. People are getting away from there while they can get away from there. You got me? And so, so, and this is a God thing. You you can't dispute that God's not in it. He knows what he's doing. Even if we don't like it, we can't see it. It's God. He knows what he's doing. Because whenever you start rescuing people and they pay, make public declaration of their faith in Jesus, you know, I would say that's a good thing. You can't dispute that. Amen. And so we let God do his work. But, but Naaman was a high up person he wasn't easy to reach he wasn't easy to to connect with but somehow this little hebrew slave girl that's in there you need to thank god sometimes for captivity you know i'm not gonna say slavery it's a horrible thing but if god's in there with you he can be good out, bring good out of it there are some people who are free who are slaves that that mentality can get on you and those people shackle themselves with their crazy lifestyles. You know, they'll start dabbling in drugs, know it's wrong, anger, it's not gonna get me, I'm good, you know. You know, can't even live a minute without that stuff. But they good. You understand what I'm saying? Full of deception. And so so many times God will bring good out of things if you let him he can bring good out of it he did it with daniel he did it with with uh joseph he has done it with so many people your circumstances don't dictate who you are if you learn how to bring god into your learn learn how to obey god no matter where you are obey god on the mountain obey him in the valley a lot of people get on the mountain and forget god you got to obey him everywhere you are. Jesus said, if your eye is offending you, cut it off. Amen. Does that sound like I'm going to be rich no matter what? Sounds like he's telling you that some things ain't worth it. So you can lose everything in God if you get too far out of pocket. So this little this little slave girl, she had to wait until God delivered them from that slavery. She just couldn't walk away. But she figured, as long as I'm here, I'm going to obey God. Amen. And God put it on her heart to speak up. That's what more of us need to do. Because whether you're a slave or whether you're free, you need to speak up. Your tongue can be bound just because you're so scared of your circumstances. You don't know who you can talk in front of and who you need to talk anyway. Make some of them devils scared of you. They'll leave you alone. Quit bugging you. Amen. Sometimes you just need a good good time to testify of the goodness of God. Did I tell you what God did for me yesterday? You'll see all them people run right out of that room again. 
just like they came running in there trying to make life hard for you, you start telling them about the goodness of God and see if they don't scatter. Huh? Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. And so this girl gives a testimony. She said, you know what? If there was a, if he would, if he could get to the prophet that's in Samaria, he would heal him. She didn't say he might bless him. He might do something. Naaman was already blessed. He didn't need money. He didn't need stature. He didn't need power. He needed health. And she commits the man of God to heal him. Amen. That's what happens with a lot of us, whether we know it or God not. God puts somebody's our, our name on somebody's list, and we are committed to heal them through the power of God, of course. You know, you pray for the sick. But God's mentioned you to somebody, or they wouldn't be open to what you're saying. Amen? If he tells you to go visit somebody, it ain't just to cheer them up. You could send them a card. You know, there is no cheer up ministry, folks. Mark 16, 7, you know, says you lay hands on the sick and they recover. If that don't cheer you up, nothing will. You know, that's what they need. That's what God's determined to get to people is their health. Amen. He's determined to get it. So when you run out of natural stuff, God will send the word of healing to you through somebody or something or some way. But he will send it to you. Because many people don't know how to get it to them. So he has to send it to them. Just the fact that they're in need and they're reaching out for something else. They're seeking. It's like we went over yesterday. They're searching the scriptures. They're searching their minds. They're searching this and searching that and saying, I know there's got to be hope for me. I just, I'm too young to die. I'm not going to give up on this. I've got to get better. I've got to get here. When you start saying stuff like that on the inside of you, somebody's dispatched to help you. Amen. Some people may only be able to get you to the next rung on the ladder. You know what I'm saying? You might have to climb a few steps to get there. But when God sends somebody to you, if you obey what they give you, if you need more, it'll be at that place where you get to. You, but you got to take that step of faith. But you got to know which step to take. So God will give you the right step to take, doing the right thing, so that you can receive your healing. Amen? So, so God will open us up to somebody who is willing to pay the price to bring healing to us. Turn to Second Kings 5. I guess I need to go to Naaman. I had him written down, so or Naaman. Sorry about that. Second Kings chapter 5. Okay, so that's from 1 through... For she, she said to her mistress, would to God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, so this is where it gets on the, the palace gossip. She tells her 
she's she she's the maid she's naaman's wife's maid she tells his wife that there's a prophet that can cure him of his leprosy after that it gets on the palace grapevine so it says one came to naaman and told him amen so naaman didn't get this from his wife he got it off the grapevine see what i'm saying there's always a reason for however God sends you the message. There's a reason for it. This boy's name didn't get picked random. And she says, one went in and told his Lord, saying, thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go and go send this letter unto the king of Israel and so forth and so on. So it gets to him in a way that is... I would say unofficial, but he wants to make it official. He's trying to elevate the status of the message. Y'all understand me? You see people who don't want to come to a, a meeting where, you know, maybe there's a handful of people so they can get prayed for and God can heal them. They'd rather get it at, you know, 50,000 people. There's a reason God sends it through to, you know, Nobody, nobody cares about you grapevine through the grapevine of the people that nobody knows, nobody thinks about. They're like non-people. It's to test whether you're trusting his word or not. It's not the messenger. It's the message. I'm going to say it again. It ain't the messenger. It's the message. Because Naaman puts it on a higher level and it gets all messed up. Huh? They they got the, the king of Israel wanting to commit suicide because he don't know how to heal nobody. You understand what I'm saying? So when you elevate the message, you take away from the power of it. You're trying to take that message and make it what you want it to be. See, you pass over many people that could pray for you. And save up your money to go to some somebody else's meeting just because you think in your mind that they're the right person. When God's talking to you all the time, telling you, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can help you. If you listen to me, I can get this for you. And you go there and you can't even get in the building. So you're going to have to get your, your healing the way God says to get it. You understand what I'm saying? We never like the messenger, and that means we won't get the message. Because if you think God is working, look at the people that went to Azusa Street. Now, now, what made Brother Seymour leave Texas was racism. They He gets out to L.A. where there's pseudo-freedom, you know, a little bit more freedom. It's never really what you what you want it to be but there's a little more freedom and the first thing he does he plays musical chairs at the meeting he would not let black people sit with black people and white people sit with white people he mixed it up on purpose he said we're this is what stopped the move of god when i was trying to get it started in texas and we ain't bringing it here you're gonna sit next to somebody you don't want to sit next to just to prove that jesus is king over this meeting so he made them sit next to each other. He made them love each other. He made them lay hands on each other. 
He made them pray for each other. And that was the most powerful atmosphere that we have known since the book of Acts. And it lasted three whole years nonstop. Some of the people that were interviewed that were children during the Azusa Street revival said that they said, yeah, they said, what, what, somebody asked them, what, when did, when did the, the power stop? They said, when that Shekinah glory left. You mean it was there, that, that cloud that would come in in some of Brother Hagen's meetings and it would just linger and never descend? It was there all the time. They said the kids would grab hands and make snowballs with it and play in it and go out and pray for their little friends. The glory of God was there in their presence all the time. Why? Because there was love there. Because there was forgiveness there. There was no nonsense there. There was no pride there. There was nobody trying to lift themselves up. Amen. And you had to go to, in, in a day of racism, you had to go to a meeting that was run by a black man so that you could find God. I'm going to say it again. You had to go. You couldn't get it any other way. So if it was something about that atmosphere, you just turned you off. You was just one turned off brother. And you would not get anything from God. And God meant it and he means it now. All this foolishness, this talk about who don't like who because of their color should have stopped eons ago. But you see the devil keeps reviving it. Why? He knows it's coming. I said it's coming. The move of God is coming and it won't be stopped because God's going to find some people who love him more than self, that love each other more than they love what color you are, and what, what they don't like about certain people. They're going He's finding sold out people that don't care. They just want to see the move of God continue. They want to see God manifest and they want to see God's glory over all the earth because that's what's going to help us the most is the outpour of his glory covering the earth like the waters cover the seas amen all right why don't we stop father we thank you for your word for understanding of your word thank you lord that your word this move of god lord will not be stopped because you're moving the nonsense out of the way already you're getting rid of the the backbiters the clueless the godless, the Satanists, they're long gone. Their day is so over. And, and Father, but you've given them an opportunity to repent. And we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy because it covers us all. So we bless you. We thank you. And we praise you, Lord, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. We'll pull a few chairs up and we'll have prayer. Praise God. Amen.
withholding your healing from you because you know many people all kinds of ideas run through your head I'm not getting healed because my faith isn't strong enough my faith isn't there it's not here it's not there Jesus never turned anybody down your healing was given to you from the foundation of the earth and it was witnessed at Calvary that debt had to be paid at Calvary was the earth witness for that what was done from the foundation of the world. He paid the price way back then. So you've always been healed. You've always been prosperous. You've always had all the provision that you need. You need to start receiving it with your faith. Get in the Word. This is why many times people don't believe much because they don't devote themselves enough to meditating on the Word. Fill your heart and your mind up with the Word of God, and the rest is easy. So, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you, Lord, that they will receive their healing right now with their faith. Because their faith is adequate. It is the faith of the Son of God, and it's faith in your Word. And that righteousness that comes by faith, there's no law against it. Nothing can hinder it and nothing can stop it. So receive your healing now. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, we're going to do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. Can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I don't have whatever it is you're fighting. High blood pressure, heart disease, symptoms. They're all lying to you. The truth is that you're healed already. Just receive it. Grab your healing. Say, Father, I take it. In Jesus' name, I am healed. It is so decreed. Amen, amen, amen again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. 